Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you today? Let's try it again. Good morning, church. How are you today? Blessed. I like that. So good. Welcome to church. If you're a guest, we're honored you're here. Really are. We love being able to worship in this house for now. It's temporary, though. Like we're not going to be in the gym forever, are we? No. Y'all with me today? We're not going to be in the gym forever. Like that ought to give a shout. Woo. Hey, before I get started, uh, last Sunday, I had mentioned in this service that during first service, one of our worship leaders during first service walked off during the worship set, and, and I mentioned that she had somewhat collapsed in the back behind the curtain there, and I want to give you an update on her. That Her name um, is Julie Beasley, and so when she went back, she collapsed with a, a massive migraine to the point that she went to where she really couldn't communicate anymore. And so we called 911. And so as I'm beginning my message during first service, the EMT comes and they're, they're you know, administering to her. And then during first service, you could hear the you could hear the, what, what do you call the thing that lifts up, they put her on the gurney, you could hear it click up, and you know, so it was like, it was quite a moment for us as a church trying to, you know, have a friend and a leader back here in that situation and then trying to move forward. So second service, I mentioned all that. I want to give you a quick update on, on Julie. I talked to her husband, Billy, this morning before church, and the good news is that she did not have what we were concerned about, some sort of a, a brain bleed or an aneurysm. It was, it was a migraine that was severe. The problem has been, though, is it has consider, con, continued. And I went to the hospital Sunday afternoon to, to visit, and it was still severe. So they readmitted her into the hospital this week with those migraines, and she's still there today. And um, so they've run a lot of tests, and... At this point, they have determined that there's no significant issues going on, that it, it must be something else that might be related to something with allergies or food or something like that. And so they're going to run some new tests to try to determine it. But I told them that we would pray for her this morning in our church service. And um, so as a church body, I think it's important that we, we do that, especially this morning. So... If you would join me as we pray for Julie, Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that as a church body who believes in the, in the word of God that teaches us that you are our healer. And so, Father, we ask that as we pray now that you would heal her and that you would begin to help her, the, the pain to recede down to zero. We thank you for the medical team and we ask that you would give them wisdom on next steps for her. But God, I ask that, that you would do a miracle and you would heal her body and make her well. And we pray that she would get to come home as soon as today. And Lord, that, that we would see her back in church again, feeling better. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Can I get a great amen out of that? Amen, amen. amen. 
Go ahead and give it a clap. We got to get, we got to get, get it in us. We're, we're a good clap in church. I want to also welcome some friends of ours. So Peyton and Julie and Brooks and Me, uh, Megan McKeithen are with us. And um, they are uh, church planners and outreach missionaries in Costa Rica that we as a body have been supporting and lifting up for 18 years. Is that how long? 18 years. And so God bless you guys. You all stand up. We want to just welcome you. So good. When, uh, when you left, Brooks was like this big and, um, and now he's like, like a man child. Like I'll tell you what, but so great to, to see you guys here. And, uh, I look forward to hanging out with you this week and going to our building and, and hearing your stories. And, um, and I want to say to you that once we get in our building, we will re, and using your word, Gina, reignite our missions in our church. We've had to put some of that on hold just to take care of, we were the mission project. And, um, and so, but we look forward to re-engaging with you in a more tangible way, and so I look forward to that. So God bless you. We love you guys, and so so honored you're with us. Thanks for coming in. Um, so listen, last week I told you about our building and the progress that we're making, and I want to let you know that we are one week closer to our grand opening than last week. So <laughs> hey, we're going to take it. Anything that we can celebrate here, that's fantastic. Um, listen. Our series is called Forward Focused, and the purpose of that is for us to be able to look ahead and prepare for what is ahead, for what's going to happen, and all the things that we want to be ready for. Last week when you were here, we, we launched this series, and, and I mentioned to you that, and I, and I preached on the topic of prayer and seeking God, and we want to seek God now before we get there. I don't want to depend on a building to be the thing that we call success. Our success for this church body is the number of lives that are changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want to pray into that before we get there. I mentioned that my pastor one time had shared with me that we have to build, we have to build the church in the spiritual realm before we'll see it manifest in the natural realm. And so we gave out these prayer cards last week and each day has a specific prayer that we are praying together. And so we have been praying and, and Pastor Gina prayed today on day seven, which is pray for our children and our youth ministry. Tomorrow with your card, you'll get to pray for the completion of our building, which amen to that. Day nine, you're going to pray for the lost and people to be saved and so that will continue and we'll pray. If you don't have a pack of prayer cards, we can give you one on the way out. And we would love for you to continue to pray. Because God's on the move and he's doing great things and we want to pray into that. If you're new to us, I do want to remind you that we have a brand new building we're going to. It's going to be located down near Jungle Rapids. So if you know where the, the water park is. We're just going to be right before that. And so all your parents, you can come out of church and you can go right on down to Jungle Rapids and have a great time. It'll be a blast. I cannot wait to move in there. 
our timeline, though, people ask me, you know, daily what our timeline is, and I will continue the same timeline that I've been on for months, but our renovation should be completed September. Perfect. And um, y'all are great. I love my church. Um, Sometime late September, we will complete that project, and then we'll get the certificate of occupancy from the city. And then we will immediately go into transitioning out of this facility, some of the lighting and, and projectors and some of the sound equipment and even some of the decking in some areas of our church. And so we're going to have a couple weeks of transitional time to where we, we have no home. For, we're just going to be homeless for a few weeks. And so last week when I was talking about it, I started just coming up with all these ideas on the, on the fly here. I was like, well, we might do that, and we might do that. And, and so then my team met with me this week, and, and um, you know, I'm so grateful for our leadership team. And they said, uh, you've got to have a better plan than that to tell the church. And, and so they came up with a plan and gave me a plan, and I'm like, perfect. And so let me tell you their plan that I absolutely love, by the way. But they came up with a plan that during that transitional time, we're going to meet at the church in the parking lot, and we're going to rent uh, food trucks to come and we're going to have like bounce castles and we're going to have community days. We're going to call it a block party and we're going to gather there. And while we're there, we're going to give tours of our facility. So everyone gets to see it before grand opening. That way you can go around and see how spectacular the building is. I want our, our, our parents to be able to see the kids ministry spaces so that on grand opening, I don't want your eyes on a building. I want us to come in focused on Jesus. And so we're going to have that season. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but we're going to have two weeks to be able to see it all so that you can be a part of it. And then we're going to have our grand opening in mid-October. So can I get one more clap on that? Awesome. That means, that means we, we truly have about six or seven more weeks in this facility. And so praise God. We've had a fundraising campaign. We call it Courageous. And we have been raising money for this facility, for all the renovations. And if you are new to us, I would invite you to join us in funding this renovation project. Our goal that we set about a year and a half ago was a goal of of a million five hundred thousand, and to date we have raised nine hundred and sixty-five thousand three hundred and fifty dollars and thirty-one cents. Amen. Praise the Lord. So wonderful, wonderful. Amen. Forward focus. That's what we're doing. We're looking ahead. Last week we talked about prayer in our prayer cards. As you get it, I mentioned praying through. When you get to day nine, it's pray for the lost. Day 10 is going to be praying for our church body to have a passion for reaching people. And then you get to day 11, and I want to focus on that because day 11 is pray for more people to serve on our dream team. And so that's my topic today. We're going to be talking about you signing up and being a part of the dream team, our volunteer teams that we're going to have, and, and I'm looking forward to it. My sermon title today is serving is spiritual. And I, I titled it that because sometimes I think people feel like when I talk about the topic of, of serving, they get disconnected from the spiritual side of it and, and they hear it. Some of you heard me say, we're going to talk about serving today and, and inside you kind of went, oh, bummer. 
You're like, I really want to hear a, a message that, you know, about that. And, and, and so the reason you feel that way is you miss the, the spiritual aspect of serving. So, you know, there are spiritual habits that make sense to us. We understand that, like, reading our Bible is spiritual, amen? We understand that worshiping is spiritual. Prayer is spiritual. But today I want to let you know that serving is spiritual, I don't want to take you to a verse and just prove it, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of, say it with me, what kind of gifts? All right, so not natural gifts, spiritual gifts. And what do you do with them? You use them well to serve one another. You know, some people, they, they're, they're really spiritual. You ever know some really, really spiritual people, but they're really not very practical in life? Um, you know, they, they, they just, they love to pray it up, but the rest of their life is a mess or something. And um, I think there are some people that are so spiritual that they're not practical in life. There's a, a fun saying out there that I've, I've used before. I didn't come up with it. But it says that some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Have you ever heard that before? Well, that's where I think sometimes it comes with serving is people are like, oh, I'm very spiritual, so I don't serve. The, the new people do that. You know, the, the people that are, need to come along, I'm in the prayer ministry, but I don't do the serving ministry. And listen, if you consider serving to be volunteerism, or if, if you consider serving to be like your, your church community service hours, like, you know, we got to do it. I got to get it in my three hours a month. That's what I do. Like the church communities are, or maybe if you think of serving as a job, then serving is just a chore to you that must be done. But if you understand that serving is about ministry, if you understand the heart behind serving, that it's ministering to people and it's helping people, then you understand the spiritual side to it. Because what happens in your serving is, is it connects you to God, but it actually connects you to God's purposes for the kingdom and it helps other people to connect to God. And it's really spiritual in that aspect. I made this statement, and I, I hope that this resonates with your heart, but that a spiritually healthy church has an abundance of people serving one another using their gifts, time, talents, money, and more for God's glory and his purpose. And that's the heart of it, is we use all that God has given us to serve others. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it says it like this. He says that he, this is the Holy Spirit, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I love that. When the whole church body is fitting together each part, everyone apart, then God does some amazing things in a church like that. And so today what I want to do is just inspire you to be a part one of our dream teams. And I use the word dream teams because I love that saying when it says that, that um, teamwork makes the 
Yeah, so you know that. And so teamwork makes the dream work. And when we all serve together, then it makes the dream of God for our church work together. And so I'm here to to inspire you. I don't want to twist your arm. I don't want you to feel like that this is a chore, an obligation. I want you to see it from a perspective of this is ministry and I get to make a difference with my life. Now, before I go on, I want to first applaud and cheer and thank all of you who are currently on our dream team. You're amazing, thank you. You're amazing. There are people that are giving and sacrificing. People came in really early to set all this up and there'll be people after church that help break all this down. We have amazing leaders that are on the other side of that wall with our children and they're, they're, they're in there praying for our kids and they're teaching them about the word of God. There, there are people on that side of the wall with our babies in there and they're, they're holding those babies and they're praying over those children. It's amazing the, the volunteer teams that we have here in ministry and we have greeters and I mean, it's just amazing. And so I want to just pause before I teach on serving and say thank you to all of you who are already currently serving, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Amen? So I picked a story out of the book of Acts to preach from because the story that we're going to hear about is the very first church that we read about in the book of Acts, the first church that, that God planted on earth. And, and what happened in this church is, is they grew really fast. It was, they had rapid growth of a lot of new believers. And when they grew, they didn't have enough people on the serve team to handle what God was doing, and it created problems. There were issues that arose because they didn't have enough people to adequately respond to all the people. They weren't ready for the revival that God had brought them. And for us, as we look forward to this new building, I'm confident that we're going to experience rapid growth of new believers and new members in our church. And if we're not prepared for what God is bringing us, then we're going to have problems just like this church did. And so I want to teach about this church so that we can look forward, look ahead, and prepare for what God has for us. So what was the problem in the book of Acts? So Acts 6, 7, 6 1 and 7, I'll read it to you. It says, as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Well, first of all, I want you to know that when churches grow, problems grow. It always happens. Listen, anytime anything grows, it creates a demand on that organization. I don't consider us an organization, we're a ministry. And when the ministry grows, it puts a demand on all of the aspects of that particular church. When churches grow, problems grow, but they must be resolved. Growth is a good problem, amen, but there's still problems and they have to be dealt with. For us, we're praying for God to send revival. I'm pray listen, we're going through these prayer cards and we, we know, listen, we have an opportunity with this new building, but we're not relying on a building. We're praying for God to move and I believe he will move in a powerful way and I believe he's gonna send us a lot of people. And when he does, I want us to be ready. For this church, here was the problem. It says that the Greek-speaking believers, they complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. And they were saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So in this church, God was moving powerfully. 
God was saving people from different backgrounds and, and different languages. And, and they were all in this one big church family. And there was a group of people, it says, the, that were not being adequately served. Now, it was just simple demand on the, the leadership team. And they couldn't handle all of these people. As a result, some were not being served. Now, the scripture says that they felt like it was a, a, a discrimination against one group of people. But I'm here to tell you that I don't think that was the issue. I think it was that the, the church had grown and outgrew the capacity of the current leaders and the current helpers. There were more needs than there were serve members, and therefore some people were not having their needs met. Now, we're going to see God move in a great way in our church. I know it's going to happen. I believe it. There's, there's some statistics, and I just share this with you to help you understand what growth can happen for us. One of the statistics from a national survey and just looking at all churches that have gone from a portable church as we are into a brand new and larger facility, the statistics say that that church will grow 25 to 30% in one year. That's huge. That's huge growth. Now, for us, I think it's going to be greater than that because we have history. And the history is, is back in 2009, who was, was anybody with us back in 2009 when we moved in the mall? All right, a few of you. God bless you. Thank you. You're faithful. I love you. You're, thank you. There'll be stories that, that we'll tell 10 years from now, but looking back on that, we moved into the mall from a smaller location in the mall and when we moved in, we had about 180 people. And then in one week, we grew from 180 to 430 people. We more than doubled in a weekend. Wow, it was crazy. Like, we exploded because we were ready for what God had for us. It was an amazing season. Now, here's the thing. When we move into this new building, we've been praying. Like, for months, I've been praying since we moved in here, so for five years, but we've been praying. Our church is not a new startup either. We're a 19-year-old church that has been sowing the word of God into the soil of Wilmington for years. We have planted so many seeds in this city, and I believe that our harvest season is coming from all that we've planted. Matter of fact, I feel compelled to prophesy it today. And the word that I'm prophesying is that Life Church harvest season is coming, prepare. And, and I believe that. Can I get an amen out of that? Harvest season is coming. A wise farmer who plants and sows a whole lot of seeds understands that when the fall harvest season comes, you have to be ready or you won't be able to harvest all that comes. We're going to have a harvest season, and when it happens, we're going to see a lot of people come see us. And in the early church, they weren't ready for their harvest season with the influx that came. And we're going to see a lot. We're going to have, listen, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have a, a ton of, of children show up in our church that are going to need people to help take care of them. Lots of kids. And kids are great. Like, but we're going to have lots of babies because families are going to come. They're going to see this amazing facility. They're coming in. And we're going to need a lot of people in their loving on babies. Amen. And how many people understand that when babies show up, it brings problems, right? Right? If you're a young Eli, 
listen, we love, we love babies. Harriet and I really love your baby for sure. But when babies show up, listen, they don't know all the rules. They're like, hey, you better feed me and feed me now. Like, and so there's a, there's a demand that goes there. They don't even know when to go to sleep and when to wake up the right times. You know, it just happens. They're just like, ah, and you got to take care of them. When we have all of these new children show up at our church, we need to be able to take care of these babies. And so we're going to have to have a, a harvest of new leaders and new people serving our building. We're going to see so many people come and we're going to need host teams to help welcome all these new people. And it's a ministry for us. We're, we're not here just to, you know, listen, when they hold those babies back there, it's not daycare for us. It's like we're praying over your children. When they're back in this room in there, this is not just daycare. They are, they are teaching them the word of God and they are learning and growing and experiencing God. But listen, when you're on our host team, listen, we're gonna go to this new building. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. We have some parking in the front of our building, but we have a ton of parking behind the building. And there's gonna be a whole lot of people that have no idea where to park. And so we're gonna need some people out there helping people park. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem very spiritual. Well, let me tell you how it's gonna work. Somebody's gonna pull in and all the parking spots are gonna be full at the front. If I don't have someone out there going, oh, lots of space out back, you know what, they're, they're gonna drive on. And if they drive on, you know what's gonna happen? They're not gonna come in. If they don't come in, they're not gonna counter God. If they don't counter God, how are they gonna get saved? I mean, so it's all spiritual, right? We need people volunteering in the ministry of our church and God's gonna move great when we do. So the church of Acts, they had so many needs and here's what they did. Verse two says, they called for a meeting of all the believers. They had a problem. We don't have enough people to take care of everyone. So they called a meeting. So that's what I'm doing. I'm calling a meeting, everybody. This is family meeting. Welcome to the family meeting today. I called one at 915. They came to the meeting and they were like, glad to hear the message. I'm glad you're here today called a meeting. What'd they do? They said, well, the apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God and not running a food program. Interesting. When I read that, you might think, well, they're saying that they're too good to serve. And that's not the heart of the apostles. All they were doing was reprioritizing where they spent their time they were looking at their gifting and how they were trying to lead the church and, and they were unable to do all of the tasks that were before them. And that was the problem is, is they, were, they were trying to do everything. They were spread thin and they couldn't handle the workload that was upon them and they were trying to. But it wasn't that they were too big to serve. They were totally in it. Matter of fact, I think their heart to serve was hindering them from recruiting new people to join them, and it was hindering them from being able to pray and preach the way God had called them to. I know this, I can prove it to you. I know that Jesus taught his disciples about serving. There's a story, and you're probably familiar with it, but on the, the final time that Jesus is with his disciples, we call it the, the Last Supper, this was right before he goes to be to the cross, and he's gathered his disciples and they're in this room and they come and they sit and they have this dinner together. And after dinner, he stands up from the table and he puts a towel around his waist and he begins to wash his disciples' feet and he begins to serve them. And they all come to the understanding that no one had taken this, this task of serving and washing feet. Now Jesus was demonstrating his heart to serve them 
And he says to them, he said, I am now doing this to set an example of what serving looks like. And he said, now I'm setting this example for you to do this for one another. And when he finished washing their feet, he said to them, he said, you'll be blessed if you do this. And so the disciples, I believe, they had that final message from Jesus. And now this church has begun to to explode and they're taking the heart of Jesus and they're serving, serving, serving and they're, they're trying to, to wash the feet, they're trying to do the food programs and they're trying to you know, hold the babies and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do everything and when there's too few people doing all the load, things get missed. People fall through the cracks. Jesus told them that it was his heart to be a servant leader, a leader that serves. He said, I didn't come to to be served, but to serve others. And so I believe that that they didn't feel like they were too big to serve. Matter of fact, I'll say this. If you feel like you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. That's a good word, isn't it? Let me say it again, because I don't know if you really sunk in well. If you're Listen, if you've graduated in your walk with God and you've matured out of serving, I want you to know that if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead in our house. Amen. Well, a couple of you got it over here. Did y'all get it over here? You good? Give me a hallelujah. Amen. All right. Come on. We're a little Holy Spirit church over here. Come on. The apostles were not avoiding serving these widows. They had just spread themselves so thin and they were trying to do everything so they solved the problem. The Bible says now in verse three, it says, here's what they did. They said, brothers, we want to select seven men who are well-respected, full of spirit and wisdom and we'll give give them this responsibility. So the apostles, they went to work and they They had this big family meeting and they recruited people to serve and they found new people to serve. But I want you to notice the weightiness and the spiritual significance they placed on serving. It says that they found people who were well-respected and they were full of the Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were were Holy Ghost-filled people full of wisdom of God, and, and that's, that's the kind of people that were in their serve teams. I believe the Bible is clear, and I believe that it's significant that God says that serving is important, it's weighty, and spiritual. Serving is not just a chore or an obligation to be filled. As a matter of fact, our perspective needs to be that, that I approach serving as a spirit-empowered ministry. It's ministry. And I'm here to minister to children. I'm here to welcome people into church and, and lower their defense walls so that they can meet Jesus. I'm, I'm an usher, and I'm, I'm ushering people in to, to the seats, but, but along the way, I'm praying, God, do I have a, a word? Do I have a, an encouraging thing? Maybe as an usher, we have amazing ushers that help people, but as you're walking someone to a seat, maybe you hear God say, just encourage them today that God's got a good word for them. 
and you just plant a little, a little thing of uh, faith in their heart for the moment, and that's what sets them up to hear a great word. You'd never know what people are walking in with. And so you're here to, to be a ministry. So they selected their people, and it says then that, that the people began to serve. And it says, so now the apostles began to spend their time in prayer and teaching the word. The apostles began to devote themselves to the thing that they were called to. And I love this thought that together with the leadership and everyone that was serving, that they all had a part in the ministry. Together they made a difference. Together every life is changed. And every role is important from the person that gets to preach to the person that gets to, to wait on the tables, the person that serves in the parking lot, whatever. Everyone together serves and they get credit for it in a kingdom perspective because it's ministry, right? So then it goes on to say that in verse five, it says, everyone liked this idea. They said we have a need, called a family meeting, selected new leaders and new volunteers, and people jumped in, people began to serve, and it says everyone liked it. So my question for you is, do you like this idea? Everyone serving? Yeah, yeah, a couple of you do. All right, well, the rest of you, I, I hope you're catching the spirit of it, but we like this idea. We like it. And so what happened is, is they chose the following people. They chose Stephen. He was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. They chose Philip and Pro, Prochorus, Procure, I don't know, and this guy, Nick, and then, then they, picked, they picked Tim. I like that. So, whoo, I made it. But listen, they, they, they picked these people who were prepared to serve, and their church responded, and they said, we love this idea. And what happened was all the needs began to get met, and people's lives began to be changed. And it goes on to say in verse 6 that, these seven were presented to the apostles and they prayed for them. They laid hands on them. It was a spiritual moment. And verse 7 says, so God's message continued to spread. I believe one of the lids to a move of God are the number of volunteer leaders and people in the ministry together there are. I believe that's the lid. I believe that you can have good preaching, but if you don't have enough people to take care of the people that God brings to you, then it puts a lid on the ministry. They opened it up through more people serving in the ministry, and it says God's message continues to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and then it says even the priests were converted too. So you know it's a move of God when the pastors are getting saved. It's awesome. Um, so listen, here's what happened, and I'm going to land it real, real quick. The results of having adequate numbers of people serving is the needs of the church were met. And we want that. We want all the babies and everyone, their needs met. It says the church came back into unity at this point because they, they said there may have been a discrimination. They felt like there were two groups of people. It wasn't discrimination. It was the fact that they didn't have enough people to serve. And now when people started serving, every need got met. And they're like, oh, and they came into unity again. And many, many people were saved. And so I'm here to help you get involved in ministry at our church. And I have a friend, a, a leader with us today that normally is, well, she's in here usually once, uh, you know, as she can. 
because normally she's over here in our children's ministry. And so would you welcome up here pastor, leader, wordsmith, Nicole Roberts. You lead our kids so well. You're amazing. I love you, friend. I love you. So um, as I'm wrapping up today's message, they're totally inspired. They're ready to sign up for something. Um, and they're, they're amazing. They're like, hey, just tell us how to do it. And so, but before we do, I want to put a little bit of emphasis into serving in our children's ministry. Because traditionally, and it's not awful here, we know that. But traditionally, most people are like, I don't, I want to do anything but serve in kids' ministry. And uh, we're not that way, but I want to be sure we don't get that way. And so, I want you to take a few minutes and, and help us you know, inspire people to be in our, in our children's ministry so that we have so many amazing people in there serving. And so, so tell everyone what, what you want people to know about our Kids Life ministry. Well, the first thing I want you to know about Kids Life is that we exist to help kids find life in Jesus. Yes. Um, Jesus said that um, my sheep know my voice. And that there is not in parentheses, it says you must be 18 years or older in order right. to get that. That they can hear and that they can know the voice of the Lord. I want you to know that kids' life is a dedicated time, a prepared time, an intentional time, a prepped time, a prayed for time. <laughs> that when they come in here on a Sunday, that the atmosphere is set for them to be able to experience and encounter Jesus for themselves. Amen. We set that time up so that they can tune in to what God is saying and doing in their life on today so that they can tune out what the world is trying to coax them into and they can tune up into lifting their eyes higher, lifting their eyes above Amen. the fray of the world so that they can have eyes on Jesus and a heart for Jesus. Amen, yes. amen, amen. I say yes to that. Yes. And that's what I want you to know about kids' life, that it is not just a... Um, a place where we get to care for them and provide a safe and secure place, but we are providing a place where they can hear the truth and know the truth for themselves. That's so great. Kids' life is amazing. Yes. And it's so great to know that as a church body that our children are safe and they're, they're, they have amazing people around them and they're in ministry and they're being prayed for. I, I, I just, I love what you do. You do such a great job. I want you to take the next step though and, why, why do we want people to serve in the Kids Life ministry? Why Kids Life? Number one, it's kingdom impact. Can I see you do that? Just like impact. There is impact there. It's a kingdom impact. There has never been a more significant time where kids need to know the truth, to walk in the truth, to stand true. in the truth, and to know the truth That's so true. that they themselves can be free. <laughs> There's never been a more significant time where they need to be seen Hey, how are you today? Can, do you know the difference that makes in the life of a child? Where there's never been a more significant time where they need to be seen, where they need to be heard, where they need to be poured into. And there's never been a more significant time where our parents need us to partner alongside of them and, and, and partner with them with what they're already doing during the week and we get to partner with them on a Sunday. There's never been a more significant time for that. And that's kingdom impact. Think about when a rock hits a pool of water. And then that ripple effect goes out in every single direction. There's no measure of that. Think about when the rock splashes into the heart of a child and that ripple effect goes out in every single direction. 
There is no measuring tape for that. It is changing the world one little heartbeat at a time. So one is impact. Two, it's fun. It is fun. We serve a phenomenal God. Yes, we do. We talk about his fundamentals. We are building the foundations of faith in there. And so, of course, a phenomenal God is going to be, well, fun. Helping kids find life in Jesus is fun. The third thing, so you got impact, you've got fun. And the third thing is that it's E-C. It's easy. It's everything is provided for you in order for you to be a success in kids' life. If you are working inside of the rooms, then everything is prepared for you. Everything is scripted out for you. You have every resource that you need with room for you to share your heart and your voice into their life. Um, It is also C, convenient. You get to choose when you serve. You get to choose. You get to choose which Sunday, which service, and how often you would like to serve. And so the schedule goes out. You get to click, yes, I am there, and I am committed. And then you come and you serve. And listen, when you choose the win, it's a win for all of us. (laughs) So there's impact. There is fun. There is easy. And the fourth one is there is community and connection. I asked one of our, I'll call her a vintage volunteer. She has been there for about 14 years in kids' life. And I asked her, what makes you stay in kids' life? I mean, like, what keeps you here? And her number one instant answer was relationship. Not just the relationships that she gets to build with children and that she gets to build with parents and that she gets to build with our life families, but the group and community that she is able to um, relate with in our group where we get to serve every single week together. Listen, in Kids Life, you get to learn a lot of people. You get to learn kids and their parents and their families, and we have our own tight-knit group um, together as well. And then my last one, why serve in Kids Life? It's because we need you. We need you. That's right. Our kids need you, and our families need you. This is the one place where less is not more. More is more. (laughs) Because when we have more Dream Team staffers in our kids' rooms, listen, studies and statistics say that kids learn better and learn more in circles, not rows. So when we have circles of groups together, when we have more people in there, they're able to have intimate, beautiful relationships one with another and to where they are learning and it is sticking. That is why we need you in kids' life. Um, The word tells us what one plants, another waters, and that he gives the increase. And I don't know about you, but that is a powerful partnership. And we would love to partner with you. All right, so a lot of people are like, I don't know if I fit exactly doing a small group with children. Is there something else that that person out there goes, I want to help, but I'm not sure I'm a small group leader. 
That's okay. We have multiple ways where you can serve with our kids more than even on a Sunday morning. But yes, we do need you on a Sunday morning because presence matters. We do need you in the room where it happens. So yes, from nursery, um, we don't just cuddle and, and, and care, but we worship and prayer. We do pray over your babies. We pray over the fulfillment of why God has put them on the planet. We pray over you as the parents and we pray over your household. So that happens in the nursery. We have ones, we have twos and threes, we have fours and fives. And then we have our kindergarten through our fifth grade. So yes, we do need help in the rooms with you know small groups, small group leaders, um, to be a host, to host our games, to do worship, to do drama. But listen, we also have places even outside of, um, outside of the room. There is check-in, there is check-out, there is welcoming our new families, there are greeters. Um, there is also things you can help us do during the week, whether it's preparing materials, um, doing videos, um, helping us with AV and tech, things like that, it, admin stuff. We have places for anybody who wants to be able to say, I'm in and I want to help the next generation. And thank you, Tim, that you don't just promote children and youth, but he invests and he makes sure our church invests in that as well. So thank you for that. You're sweet, you're sweet, you're sweet. All right, so let's, let's close this down today. Normally our worship team comes up here and closes it down, so they're probably back there wondering who I'm gonna call them. We're not gonna call them up today because we want your response today to join the dream team. And so how can you do it? Well, get your camera out and put on that QR code. And if you click on that, it's going to go to a link and you get to tell us a little information about you. Or at your seat, there's a wonderful card right here. And it has your name, your email, your phone, and then top of the list. Top of the list. Kids life, kids life. So, uh, but there are so many ways that you can serve in our church and you get to, as she said, you get to pick the win, and that'll be a win. And that was so good. I, I love the way you talk. It's so great. Um, but um, somebody told me last service, they said, she could be the lead pastor. I said, she could be. I like, no doubt. But um, awesome. But listen, um, we want you to sign up. Fill out that card. Hit the QR. If you fill out the card, you can drop it in our offering box on the way out. Or you can catch Eli and Nicole at our guest table on the way out. To, uh, they have... If you have any questions, they'd love to do that. So can we give Miss Nicole a great hand? Thank you so much. Would you stand to your feet? I want to close with something special, though. School year is about to start. And as we have prayed for our children mid-service, and we've had Miss Nicole up here, and we've emphasized children's ministry, Today we want to pray for students that are going back into school. It's coming. You're here. Sorry, kids. We want to pray for all the students. I want to pray for all of the administrators, all the teachers, anyone involved in the education process, whether it's at home or in the, one of the public schools or private school, whatever that may be. And we want to pray for you. Our culture is in a place where we need more covering over our children. And we just want to cover our kids. We want to cover our administrators. We want to cover our teachers. So if you're one of those people and you're going to head into the school, 
Anytime in the next little bit, would you just lift your hand to me? I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you so much that your presence is in this room. And I thank you, Father, that as we lift up students and we lift up teachers and administrators, and God, I pray that you would bless your people. I pray, God, that you'd bless the students. God, I pray that as they walk the halls, Lord, there would be a, a surrounding of them by your presence, God. And Lord, as the culture is trying to shape students in the wrong direction, by the power of your spirit in our students, they would walk it out without being infected by the world, God. And so, Lord, we pray that. We pray for our teachers. Give them peace. We pray for safety over our schools, God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen, church. Amen. <laughs>